Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga Podcast. I'm your host Manuel Feit and as always I'm joined by Stefan Bienkowski and Stefan. I've been overwhelmed by the amount of positive feedback we have gotten over this last week um, on our Bundesliga Gegenpressing Substack. Um, mm. Anyone who's already subscribed, thank you. We really appreciate it. And I, when you came in, this is your brainchild. I have to admit, this was uh, this was mostly your undertaking. Um, I didn't think it would take off this way, and yeah, this is this has been great. Yeah, we've been really humbled by how many people kind of have signed up, people who've left comments, people who've messaged us both, um, humble football fans, people in the media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think we both kind of thought this is like a really nice niche in the market. You know, there's, there, there have been some great Bundesliga podcasts out there. A lot of them have kind of had to maybe put a pause on things just because the way that life gets in the way of stuff. Mm. Um, and especially when it comes to kind of written content from an English point of view, it's few and far between if you're a German football fan, particularly a German football fan who isn't really a Bayern Munich or Dortmund fan. Um, it's really hard to find English co coverage, um, aside from quite literally the official Bundesliga website. So... It's it's just nice to see people kind of react to that. It's nice to see people give support. And yeah, we've got big plans to keep going from strength to strength. Definitely do. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited about what's coming and the, the ability to be more creative. And I think the two of us are really lucky that we uh, both employed by Transfermarkt who give us the flexibility to do this on the side. So I think that's probably where most of these other projects fail is because um, people have a normal life. Uh, they don't necessarily stay in the football business, right? And um, Or they, their current employee is just not tolerant towards those kind of endeavors. So I think we're very lucky, <laughs> lucky in this regard. And we're really lucky to all these people listening to the podcast, to this podcast and having read uh, the, the our first two newsletters. Um, and thank you for all your responses. I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And it's been really a lot of fun to be kind of more creative, not being chained to search engine optimization and uh, word limits and that kind of stuff. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think we both said that after we both wrote our first newsletter. It was just quite refreshing to ramble about little bits and bobs in a Hopefully, I'll be able to write about some even not small topics or small clubs, mm. but just kind of niche subjects that just really wouldn't make it into a normal English publication. So, hopefully, subscribers appreciate that. Of course, if you are a Bayern and Dortmund fan, uh, there's still plenty of content for you as well. <laughs> yeah. This this podcast, perhaps a good example of that, but uh, we are hoping to kind of share the love. 
Yeah, we, we will share the love, uh, just not this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is one elephant in the room that we have to discuss. We have to put a bow on the Robert Lewandowski story. And I think we'll do that after this break. This episode of the Game Pressing Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, BetOnline has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to raise your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEF, to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So yeah, um, it's done. Robert Lewandowski is done. Um, as I said, this is a huge. This is going to be a very buy and forward uh, podcast. My newsletter this week will be buy and forward too because I am going to be with Bayern Munich in the United States, Air Canada permitting. Stefan, I'm actually leaving after we record this. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit of an odyssey. It's actually easier for me to fly to Munich from Vancouver than it is going to Washington, D.C. So, um, yeah, I'm jumping on a flight tonight to Vancouver, then from Vancouver to Ottawa. Then I have one hour there to clear customs, and then I'm flying to D.C. Uh, the next day. <laughs> so, yeah, the red eye from Vancouver to Ottawa. So, uh, wish me luck. Globetrotting <laughs> for the sake of our listeners. Yeah, uh, I, I do everything for our listeners. And of course, there's <laughs> going to be lots of coverage on Transfermarkt. I'm, there's, there's topics that will be on there that are not necessarily fit to this podcast, right? I, I'm really mm. curious about what, I mean, that one opponent that Bayern Munich will be playing and we're giving getting plenty of media opportunities with this team as well is DC United, right? We just have hired Wayne Rooney. And I think... Um, that's something that you can look forward to on Transfermarkt because I think it's going to be quite interesting to see what he has planned early on there, but also, of course, what he is, what you know, how he's going to change the club and how he actually ended up there. So, you know, this is not an MLS podcast, but there will be MLS content coming your way. That's what I'm saying. Um, but <laughs> yes, uh, before we talk about that US tour, Robert Lewandowski uh, on Friday, and I think when we recorded last week, the special where we talked, we, we all knew this was going to happen. And we, we hammered out an entire special episode on how Bayern Munich will eventually replace him. And that's on Substack. So if you know, for the subscribers only, but we now know it's actually official. Um, mm. I tweeted this on, I got a Friday morning. I got a text um, that just read Lewandowski done. And I followed it up with a phone conversation and it was quite clear at that point that Bayern Munich were going to accept the offer. And then five hours later, all the other major news outlets went for the same story. And I think when the dust settles on this, what has been a pretty traumatic undertaking and a transfer saga that we haven't really seen for an outgoing transfer at Bayern Munich like that in a long time, 
I think all parties will be actually quite satisfied with the outcome. Lewandowski gets his move to Barcelona. Barcelona somehow managed to sign a striker, even though they have no money. And Bayern Munich will get what is the second highest fee for a player over 32 years old in the history of the sport, right? Uh, 45 millions up front, 5, mil, uh, 5 million easy-to-reach bonuses, and then including another 10 million in uh, if he reaches a certain amount of games for Barcelona. So, you know, the entire package is 60 million. Like, the only deal that was more was Cristiano Ronaldo in 2018 uh, for 117 million euros from Real Madrid to Juventus. So this is mm-hmm. a big deal, right? This is an enormous amount of money. And I think I wrote this in one of the articles that at the end of the day, what prevailed was not the emotional Oli Hoeneß governing the club from Tegernsee, but it was a calculated business decision by Oliver Kahn and Hassan Salihar Micic to say, okay, we have a distressed asset who is going to be out of contract and therefore worthless for us in a year's time. And we can turn that into an enormous amount of money that will give us the flexibility to do something else on the transfer market. I think in the end of the day, Bayern Munich, although I think there is some risks, um, replacing 40 to 50 goals isn't easy. Mm. I think this is a decision that they had to make. Yeah. You know, it was really interesting before the kind of news broke and before it was confirmed, I think the most telling kind of bit of news was that Oliver Kahn interview. I can't remember who it was with when he Mm. basically laid out Bayern's justification for it. And he said, and, and he was absolutely right to say so. He basically said, you know, the only thing um, that would be stopping us at this point from selling him for that amount of money is our own ego. Um, you know, in the sense that Bayern mm. wants to be Bayern. They want to have the best players in the world. They don't like the idea of selling their best players in, uh, to bigger clubs. It very, very rarely happens. Um, but I guess the point, obviously, when it's they're, 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 they'd be acting against the best interests of the club to reject that. And to obviously hold a player again, not against his will, because you know there were some remarks in the German media that he would up sticks and he would kick up a fuss in training and he wouldn't play. And mm. I really thought that was in bad taste because there's nothing about Robert Lewandowski that's ever suggested that he's that kind of player. Um, but you know, it obviously made sense to kind of um, cash in on him when they could, and it's it's a great price for him. I mean, on the flip side, you know. Barcelona have offered them a four-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And despite the way that Barcelona have been recently, and I've been a big critic of them on Twitter in terms of how much money they're throwing around at the moment, I actually think this is actually quite a smart deal for Barcelona. You know, on paper, and I've actually seen some people here in the UK kind of make remarks like, why are Barcelona spending that amount of money on a 33-year-old? And of course, anyone here who listens, who follows the Bundesliga We'll know fine well that Robert Lewandowski is no normal thirty-three-year-old, uh, and I honestly wouldn't go. I I wouldn't be surprised if he fulfilled those four years with the same kind of goal-scoring record that we've seen at Bayern because he's just that good a player. He's that fit a player. He's that athletic a player. Um, he really is a kind of force of nature when it comes to that stuff. So I actually think, considering all the kind of weird kind of um, the, the kind of what's the expression, throwing good money after bad, maybe, that Barcelona mm. have been doing recently. I actually think this is quite a smart deal for them and a smart deal for Bayern. So I think in a sense, both teams, both clubs cash in. They both or they both get something good out of it. Lewandowski finally gets the move that he's wanted for so many years. Um, and I think most of all for us as German football fans, it brings an end to an era in 
the modern Bundesliga in the sense that, you know, not only is it Robert Lewandowski saying goodbye to German football after 12 years, but I was kind of thinking about this this afternoon and it's it really kind of brings an end to Bayern's kind of period of um, kneecapping Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> you know, like I can't, I can't, I probably couldn't have put that more poetically. To be honest with you, it, 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 it's the he was the final, you know, star that they poached off Bruce Dortmund, and I know that sounds like a really weird way to define this, but that is really how German football has been defined over the last what eight, ten years. Mm-hmm. Bruce Dortmund built a very impressive team. They won the Bundesliga. They got to the Champions League final, and Bayern Munich said, "Okay, we'll have that." And they took, what, two, three players, three key players. Uh, Hummels didn't work out. Goats didn't work out. Robert Lewandowski did work out. And he went on to become one of the best, if not the best striker in the world of his generation. Um, and, you know, he'll have his own individual um, story and his own kind of what he means to German football and, of course, what he means to Bayern Munich. But as a overall German football fan, I think this kind of, bookends a period of Bayern and Dortmund's history, um, which I think when we look back in 20 or 30 years, when people ask what was what defined that period in German football, I think it literally will be, well, that's when Dortmund kind of tried to shake things up and Bayern bought their best players. And it's now led to the point now where Bayern or Dortmund will simply, they won't negotiate with Bayern when it comes to trying to buy their players. Mm-hmm. Dortmund's entire transfer policy has now kind of morphed into this thing to you know, avoid that happening. So that's the legacy. That's that's one part of Lewandowski's legacy, I think, in, in German football. He has obviously his own personal legacy and what he's achieved as an amazing player and what he's achieved with Bayern Munich. But I think overall in German football, to me, he stands out as one of the key players in this generation of former Dortmund players who moved on to Bayern. And as a result, Bayern went on to unprecedented, unprecedented unrivaled success. Yeah, it, it did. And I think everyone at Bayern Munich is acknowledging that. Um, you know, Hassan Salihamidzic is saying um, a departure like that is not easy for any club. He was one of the biggest, um, he was the best striker since Gerd Müller. Um, and he has done great things for Bayern Munich. And um, we're going to have a laughing and a crying eye um, <laughs> when it comes to this. And I think that the fact that they want the clarity um, in that regard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of before going to this US tour, and I mean, they, they're going to use this US tour to probably make a splash. <laughs> uh, I think... You know, I've alluded to it on Twitter, and it sounds like this is this is going to happen. We'll get to that in a moment, I think. But they're going to probably use this US tour to make a, a splash. Um, but I think the the really interesting thing for me now, and we talked about this in the the podcast that we recorded midweek, is the how will the club react to this? And I think they got a really important thing done by signing Serge Gnabry to a long-term deal, right, to 2026. And mm. um, Julian Nagelsmann said, it's always good to have clarity when it comes to transfer topics. And the big the big task is now to build an attack um, without him. 
uh, yeah. and we have the we have the possibility of doing this without a striker who scores 40 goals. And I think he made some comments in El Pais as well, right? One of our readers asked me about this, mm-hmm. and um, they it's almost like Nagelsmann cherishes. It's not like that he is happy his best player is gone, but I think he almost sees an opportunity here to distribute the load on several shoulders rather than one. Because I think, what was it, Lewandowski scores seven out of his 10 big chances. And um, he hopes that, by he, he doesn't think that any of the other players can replicate that, but he actually believes that he can generate more chances, so 20 chances, and therefore end up with more goals. And I think that's really interesting. And it's almost like Julian Nagelsmann is looking at this and saying, there's an opportunity here to put my own stamp on this. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in a sense, it really is kind of wiping the slate clean for him tactically because Lewandowski is such a huge part of that team. He was not just a huge part, but he really was the defining factor in that attacking line. Everything had to go through him. You know, we've read reports much of last season about how some players were growing frustrated with the way that everything had to go through Lewandowski. When the titles was was kind of wrapped up, it all became about how many goals he could score. Could he beat Haaland and or you know Veghorst or you know whoever else? Um, and it it did become, and it often was the Robert Lewandowski show. And while that worked just well on the pitch because because he often came up with the goods, from a tactical point of view, it was probably quite frustrating frustrating for Nagelsmann. Um, he also probably had that huge overbearing presence kind of overshadow maybe something that he wanted to do when he's when he first arrived at Bayern Munich. He may have been under the impression that look when when he first arrived at the club, there's so much I could do with these players, but I can't really do anything until the Lewandowski question is answered. And he may have been told last summer that you know, Lewandowski's going nowhere. We definitely won't sell him. He's your player for the next two seasons. Um, and Nagelsmann may have said, yeah, okay, great. I'll do what I can with that. He's one of the best players in the world. It's not a bad problem to have. But as we've seen with Bayern from much of last season, it, having a number nine like that, undoubtedly, in my opinion, got in the way of Leroy Sané really becoming the player he's supposed to be. Um, and it also meant that because Bayern was so reliant on Lewandowski, when he's not in that team, things began to fall apart, which is what we saw two seasons ago in the Champions League. So I think I can, I, when Nagelsmann kind of says something like, you know, it kind of offers him more opportunities to be a bit more creative, I, I th- I'm, I'm inclined to believe him. And, you know, as I kind of said on Twitter when the Serge Gnabry story was breaking, I don't think it's a coincidence that he has decided to stay at the club when Lewandowski has left. I think that would have probably been Bayern's strongest card to play um in, in, in negotiations in in the sense to that you know Nagelsmann or Sally Hamovich or Oliver Kahn could now turn around and say, well look, your biggest demand was that you got to play up front. Now we need someone who can play that role. And lo and behold, since since Lewandowski has now been told uh, or he has been confirmed that he's leaving the club, reports in the German media seem to be suggesting Nagelsmann is kind of shuffling his um pack. He's going to play Sadio Mane up front um, alongside Serge Gnabry. And I think that's going to be really interesting to see and see how it works next season. So, you know, I think keeping a hold of Serge Gnabry is a really smart idea. Mm. I think 
more than likely this was always going to be the case as we saw with Coleman uh you know it was just a case of kind of playing around with what options he had on the table claiming he might leave just to kind of bolster his own negotiation uh, negotiating stance but I think at the end of the day keeping home the Gnabry is a great idea because it means that Bayern can kind of slot him into that kind of number nine role maybe a number 10 role if you want to call it that um and alongside Sadio Mane and perhaps Leroy Sane, as I said on the last kind of bonus podcast last week, they kind of already have ready-made replacements in a sense for Lewandowski. Yeah, I think it also buys them time, right? And in a sense that um, it looks like Matisse Tell is, is a nearing completion with Bayern really pushing. As I said in my Substack. um Stadren, uh, an extremely difficult club to, to negotiate with, right? So they will have uh, a young number nine sort of in the system uh, and give him the time to mature. And I mean, in the end of the day, if that doesn't work out, they could always go off the hurricane next summer, right? When he's a bit cheaper because of his contract situation. Hmm. But ultimately, this now buys them time. Uh, there's 24 million euros off the books in, in terms of salary that can be partly reinvested by giving... Uh, Serge Gnabry, an improved deal. Um, that deal is in the, in the same region as Kingsley Coman, so 17 million euros, right? Um, gives him a gives him a salary hike, but there's still some money left over from those 24 million euros that Lewandowski ultimately frees up, right? Mm. Um, even Sadio Mane is on significantly less money than Lewandowski, um, which mm. is also important to remember here. And so there's money to play with, um, and it gives it buys you time it really does it gives buys you the time to be creative and in the worst case you spend it next year right let's say it doesn't work out you go into the market and you go after someone like harry kane um but i'm really you know the fact that Serge knarby is staying i think he's getting not always the best reputation. He doesn't always have the best reputation with Bayern fans, which I personally find really odd. I mean, I will sound like a broken record because he was one of the best 10 scorers in the Bundesliga last year. And he does offer um, a set of tools that not many other Bayern players have, including Sadio Mane and Kingsley Coman, that he is very direct to goal. And I think his role at the club will change in such a fashion that he will actually produce more goals next year, right? I would not be surprised if, oh my God, and people people can rightfully uh, (laughs) go after me for saying this, but I wouldn't be surprised if he scores 25 goals next year in the league if he's healthy. Hmm. Yeah, he's, he's certainly got it within his capacity. I mean, you know, as I kind of said in the show last week, when played as a number nine, he does tend to score goals. Um, but I think I think overall, I don't think Bayern fans should really be expecting one kind of talisman. I think, and I think this is what Nagelsmann will want. He'll want to see more from Leroy Sané. He'll want to see a, de- a degree of consistency from Serge Gnabry. He can prove to be a starter week in, week out, because obviously at times he was on the bench. I think we probably have to see a lot more from Kingsley Coman next year. He had a pretty quiet season last year. Uh, and of course... As much as everyone has been getting excited about Sadio Mane, he still has to bring what he had at Liverpool because anything less than that, especially with Robert Lewandowski now leaving, uh, he will inevitably be compared to the pole. 
in in, mm-hmm. in every sense. Not only not 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 in the sense that he'll be playing as the number nine, but he'll be playing as the bona fide star up front. He'll be playing as the match winner. When Bayern are in a semi final of a Champions League, they'll be turning to Sadio Mane to do something mm-hmm. special. So, you know, these three or four players, they may have got their wish because they've now got rid of Lewandowski. They can now play the roles that they want in the, that final third. But I'm sure Nagelsmann will be sitting down and saying, look, guys, now it's up to you. You have to step up. You have to prove that we we were right to let Lewandowski go because, you know, if Bayern gets like Christmas time and things aren't working up front, as we know at things at Bayern Munich, as we know how it works in the German press with Bayern, if the goal scorers aren't scoring goals, uh, crisis becomes... Our, 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 our bad form becomes crisis very quickly. And there'll be people screaming for Bayern to sign a number nine in January. I have no doubt about it. So it'll be really interesting to see how it works out. Um, and yeah, it'll be fun to it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be really interesting. And um, I haven't seen the team that Bayern Munich will take to to the US to play first DC United and then uh, Manchester City but um, those tours can always offer a glimpse into what's coming right um, especially it's because it's just a week before the DFL Super Cup yeah, uh, there might okay. some, some might say there might be a player there who's never played in a Bayern shirt before you know, and, I'm, yeah. I, I, and I'm not talking yeah. about Sadio Mane <laughs> uh, we're not even talking about an attacker <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, I think I tweeted this yesterday that uh, Bayern Munich will use this for a big splash and uh, Kerry Howe has just reported that it's now done. I- I've been told it's, I-, I mean, I'm always careful with this. It's a done deal when the, the player holds up the shirt, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yes, Bayern Munich and Juventus, uh, as we record this on Sunday night, uh, have reached an agreement. Uh, Matthias De Ligt gets his wish to join uh, Bayern Munich. Um, I think it's going to be a new transfer record for a defender. I don't have the exact numbers yet. Uh, by the time this comes out, we'll probably see, but I'm pretty sure we uh, a record deal for a defender. And yeah, I mean, it's usually like that, right? You first publish the bad news and then the good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bayern definitely did this on Saturday in the sense that they confirmed that Lewandowski was leaving when they quite literally had Sadio Mane on the pitch at the Allianz Arena saying hello to the fans. And then, for good measure, they marched Serge Gnabry out with a 2026 jersey on. You know, so it was quite literally a case of being like, you know, don't worry about what's happening. Let this distract you for the time being. But it now looks as though... Uh, of course, Bayern are going to start the new week with an even bigger signing. Mm. Obviously, this really interests me, Manu, in quite a number of ways. Obviously, from the get-go, De Ligt is an outstanding player. Not only is an outstanding player, but he's like he's 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 the kind of player that Bayern would build a squad around, to build a Bayern, build an entire era around. He's still so young, so talented, and there's no way that Bayern are spending that kind of money without the very specific intention of being like right this guy's a future club captain there's no doubt about it you know um but then there's also the kind of thing that really intrigues me is that we knew that Bayern wanted him what two seasons ago uh they mm-hmm. couldn't get they couldn't get him so 
They then presumably go out and buy Upa Meccano. Yeah. Then, then, then 12 months later, Juventus pick up the phone and say, hey, you know how you guys wanted to lick? Well, we've got some bills to pay and actually we're willing to talk now. So then Bayern suddenly are scrambling, being like, oh my God, this guy that we wanted two years ago, he's back on the market. Oh, and by the way, Barcelona are willing to send us 60 million euros for Lewandowski. Let's go get him. And that's basically what's happened here, I think. But while everyone's getting excited about Delict signing, and it is a very exciting deal, and you know it's a tremendous move for Bayern, when the dust settles, what do the guys like Opa Meccano have to think? What is, what, what is, what's going through his head right now when he was this guy last season? He was supposed to be the young, exciting, record-breaking transfer yeah. fee for a defender from... Well, actually, technically he wasn't because obviously Hernandez still costs more, but you know what I mean. He was meant to be the kind of new kid in the block. Mm. And 12 months later, Bayern are going out and spending even more money to buy a player in his exact position. Now, I know you have some Bayern fans saying, well, look, we lost two centre-backs last year in Boateng and Alaba. Open Meccano's one player. We're playing with three to back. We need Delict. Yep, fair enough. Okay, there's no doubt about it. Fine. What about Benjamin Pavard? What about Nianzu? What about Chris Richards? You know, does this mean that all these guys are getting cleared out? Because Pavard didn't want to play at right back anymore because he wants to be a central defender. But what if he doesn't even get a shot at central defence? Chris Richards has already been linked with him. Nianzu is a player who we've been continuously promised will be a player one day. But every time Nagelsmann plays him, he ends up walking into the press conference after the game and saying, yeah, he's not quite ready yet. So in that regard, I can completely understand why Bayern have gone out and signed Delict because they've got three backup central defenders there who perhaps just aren't really ready to make the step up. But I just, and I'm I'm not trying to kind of paint this in a bad light. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to Mm. use this as 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 an excuse to kind of take a dig at Bayern because I think it's a really good move. But I'm just intrigued if like this has ramifications for the squad, if you know what I mean. Um, yes, because I mean, and this has been poo-pooed by some, um, I don't want to name them, um, journalists, um, but Meccano has changed his agent and I know it's still Mm. his same consultant. Uh, It's, it's still Lisa Rocha and she went to a new agency, but I've been still told, and I trust the source that an agent change is always an indication that medium term, the player might look for a change, right? And yes, Bayern Munich do not plan to sell Opamecano. And this is not what I reported. I said an, an agent change is always an indication that a player might want to look for change. And I think the Opamecano camp are very much looking at this and say, okay, the Licht is coming in. And it's by, by the way, it's 70 plus uh, 10. Um, so mm-hmm. not quite a record transfer, but still a lot of money. Um, but they're still going to look at this and say, okay, well, what's going on here? And what does that mean for us? And thankfully, we are now with this new agency called Unique, who have their fingers in various Premier League clubs. And we're going to essentially look at this for the, on the course of the next season and say, okay, well, maybe we do have to move on, right? For me, that's always, and I, I talk to people within the industry about this, when a player changes agencies, and even if the same consultant goes with him, that's always an indication that something is afoot. And that doesn't mean a transfer is going to happen, but there's something you need to keep an eye on, right? And 
that's that's where we're standing. And I think there is going to be um while I think the Licht is an amazing signing, by the way, Stefan, I think this is the guy that they should have gotten in twenty eighteen or like sorry, it was twenty nineteen, right? That they went after him and mm-hmm. he went to Juventus instead. And I, I still think that um he's an enormous get for this club and he fits their philosophy uh, fantastically well. Um he's only twenty two. This is a player and if this price seventy plus seventy plus ten is correct, um it's a steal, you're right. Um, he will probably turn into the best defender in the Bundesliga, but it does it does will get lead to some reshuffling in the medium term in the back line. And I do think Upamecano and Pavard and all these other guys will look at this and say, "Hmm, what does that mean for us?" Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's it it it's a whole new dimension to this Bayern defense, you know, and. Obviously, this is something that Nagelsmann has been kind of preaching um, or demanding since he arrived at the club. He was promised that the defence would be fixed. He had to make do with a very makeshift defence last season. It was the, it was unquestionably the faults uh, at fault for them kind of stumbling out the Champions League the way that they did, um, which is which was obviously quite bizarre because the man at fault for that more often than not in Upamecano was. Nagelsmann's man you know he mm-hmm. was a player that um, came from Leipzig who, after kind of really thriving under Nagelsmann just hadn't really worked for him at Bayern so but still no doubt about it that Bayern were missing a defender or two last season so it's a huge sign of intent and all of a sudden we've gone from you know Bayern trading one player in for one player out and some very minor surgery to a situation now where this club this this team is almost wholesale transformed from the way it was last season. The front line's completely different. Uh, Gravenberg comes into that midfield as potentially a long-term successor to uh, Goretzka. I know that's still very much up for debate because Goretzka still has a lot of mileage in the tank, but we'll see what Mm. happens there. Um, A new, finally, a wing-back on the right side. But then, of course, this new huge player in defence who will be eyeing up that captain's armband within a couple of years, I've no doubt about it. So it's hmm. it's very inter- it's very interesting for Bayern. And you know I I'm really kind of I, I, I mean people can tell me if I didn't, but I'm almost certain we were talking about Bayern's kind of potential summer transfers windows. You did say that. You and, said that. You said they're going I, to spend big. Yes. No, I, no what I said what what I said was Bayern have spent the last ten months pleading poverty. Yeah, and they had. They spent. They spent the entire season saying, "Oh, we can't afford Erling Haaland. We can't afford to do this. The reset. The uh, pandemic has been so horrible for us. We have no money to spend." And here we are now, and they're on the verge of bringing in their third or fourth big star of the summer, uh, and we haven't even got to the end of July yet. So it's it's really interesting from Bayern. Um, and, you know, you add that to all the fantastic business that has happened there in the Bundesliga so far this summer. Dortmund obviously spending a fortune too. Um, and it's very exciting. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I had to actually think about you this morning uh, <laughs> because you pretty much predicted this uh, insanity. Um, and I had to think of you this morning because um i've been basically drumming this up that matthias de licht was done uh pretty close to being done all uh, pretty much the last few days mm-hmm. right 
so yeah. much so that we had a discussion on this in our one of our work chats. Um, and um, I was like, I think this is going to get done for the US tour. And there was a couple outlets, I think, in Germany, <laughs> kickers saying like, oh, they're putting it as on the back burner. I'm like, no, this is going to get done before the US tour. And here we are, it is done. Um, it's, and I read in the Süddeutsche Zeitung, and this is an outlet that I trust quite a lot, that they might still not be done, that there's still more coming. And yeah, I'm, and that's when I had well, to think be, of you. <laughs> yeah, everyone. <laughs> if David Raum. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that, that's that's what I was going to say, David Raum. Uh, yeah. Although that's I do think Bad Dortmund will get him. Yeah, I don't think I David Raum is going to move to Bayern to sit on the bench and watch Alfonso Davies run up the line every no. week. But I think that's Hoffenheim Bryce driving up the Bryce. Um, yeah. Um, fair enough. That's the good right. Uh, you make a market where there is none. Um, yeah, but I like tell, tell is going to be expensive, so we, I have to add that fee, whatever it will be in the end. And I think I wrote something like fourteen million. It could be a lot more. Um, so I have to correct that. I guess once it's all crossed the line, um, and I wouldn't be shocked if there's someone else coming. Hmm. But where? Well, of course, you're talking about this this young striker. So, hmm. well, so Iketike is no longer coming. He's going to PSG. That's that's done. Um, hmm. So we can take him off the list. But I don't know. I just have a funny feeling, well, Stefan. Matthias Matthias Tell though, obviously. Yeah, he's he's coming for sure. Um, but he could be thirty million euros. Yeah, which completely changes the dynamic of that transfer doesn't it yeah because Bayern don't sign 30 million euro strikers to sit in the reserves for a season I think he might still start there even if he's that expensive to acclimatize but okay so I've been told not to do this and I I wrote this in my article he's not Usman Dembele and can walk straight into the starting 11 but what if he can hmm well, exactly. You know, <laughs> but he might have to if they're going to, if they end up spending the amount of money which yeah. Stad Rams apparently want for him. So, but I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see, and then we can do another. We can do another bonus episode on it or something. But mm. it certainly shows a sign of intent, doesn't it? Which doesn't surprise me because, you know, after winning the Bundesliga last season, the. You know, we talked about it at the time and how cathartic it was for fans to finally be in the stadium. And you made such a good point um, that, you know, on the day, fans were able to finally almost celebrate the last two or three Bundesliga titles, title wins because they weren't there the first time. Um, or they weren't there because of the pandemic. Um, but despite that, last season was seen as a failure. So... Mm. It shouldn't be a great surprise that Bayern have decided to kind of go digging for some cash. They found an extra forty million down the side of the sofa or something, yeah. uh, because this is this is what Bayern do. They when they get pushed into a corner, they come out fighting and they spend the money they have to spend to rebuild that squad, and that's what they're doing this summer. Yeah, it's it's scary too uh, for everyone else in the Bundesliga. Um, I think the Champions League final is in Munich in twenty twenty four. Hmm. Yeah, we had a listener point that out to us actually, didn't they? 
on the yeah, Substack this week. I think it was 2024 mm. is in Munich, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, in Wembley. It's 2025 then in Munich. Yes. So that gives them a good three years to build a team that could win it at home. Uh, rub off the dark stain that Chelsea caused in 2012. Listen, if Bayern are still working towards a team to challenge the Bundesliga in three years' time, Julian Nagelsmann will not be the head coach of Bayern Munich. I'm telling you that right now. Mm. They will have to win it long before that if he wants to stay in the job. I'm convinced. The Champions League, you mean? Or maybe they'll defend it. Yes, sorry, of course. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah they could they could they, they, they may defend it at home yeah right uh, um but... i i you look at that though 2025 that is is an opportunity to to clean off a blemish of the club's long history because they still i mean they're still reeling off that i think Despite all this other mm-hmm. stuff that they've won since, uh, including two trebles, I think that's the one that that got away. And um, the opportunity to win a Champions League title at home, I don't think they're going to pass it up. You know, mm. and this rebuild is very much under construction. And I, I agree with you. I don't think Nagelsmann has three seasons to win the Champions League. Um, I mean, this club measures everything on the success in Europe and he'll better reach at least the semifinals next year, especially with this amount of money spent. Especially with this amount of money spent. I mean, Mm. that's, what, 30 million for money, 80, up to 80 for the Licht. You had 110. Um... You're still trying to, well, you got Grafenberg for 30, so that's 140. Uh, this Tel kit could be another 30, that's two, that's 170. And uh, you're still trying to get Lima, although I think that's going to be difficult. So you're looking at 200 million euros in transfer spending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's a sign of intent, not for the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. but for the Champions League. Um, yeah. So, but with great money spent comes huge responsibility. As Spider-Man once said. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it will be interesting to see how that impacts on Nagelsmann's job security this summer. Again, Bayern fans are about to probably throw their phones out the window at this point because I'm turning it back into a negative. I'm really not trying to do that. Only point I'm making is that I think this summer, this season, the club itself had a, quite a lot of sympathy for Nagelsmann in the shortcomings of the team. But now that they've kind of put their money where their mouth is, they've gave they've now given him the players to succeed at the Champions League level, um, and then it will all rest on him. Like I said about the forwards earlier on, it will rest on him to prove that he's the head coach that can win in the Champions League. Yeah, that's incredible. It's a a storyline that keeps on giving, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's also not often that we record a show and, um, you know, this is, this is something too. Um, I did think that the Licht would go fast, but German clubs are notorious for not wanting to announce anything on a Sunday. So, Mm. uh, the fact that the, you've lived in Germany, you know, Germans don't work on Sundays. They don't even open their shops. 
and the, the fact I that I work they for push... a German company, and I oh, yeah, know yeah, for yeah. a fact <laughs> <laughs> nobody works on a Sunday. <laughs> well, I'll be sitting down after this podcast and hammer out the done deal text. Don't worry, but yeah, that's, that's, that's that's the Canadian in you. <laughs> but um, it is it is also I think there is something to be said about the fact that the speed that they have gone in this in this with all of this. And I get it, you know, like Juventus, I think, are the U.S. going to the U.S. as well, right? I think those teams both want clarity and the the, the market in the United States. Uh, we know this from recording this podcast. More than half of our listeners are from the United States. Um, it's huge for these teams. And I think that brought some urgency to this. And uh, But it's still, I think it's really, really fascinating how quickly these deals have moved. Yeah, hugely, hugely so. So I think, you know, hopefully this deal is done by the time um, this podcast comes out. Um, mm. But I think we'll just kind of have to wait and see how we get on with it then, won't we? We'll just have to kind of wait and see how things develop. Will Delict's arrival mean that players move on? Could Upa Meccano be sold before the end of the summer? Mm. Could Bayern be linked with it? I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I, was, I was a little taken aback there when you came back to me because I was in the process of reading... A build story linking Borna Sosa to Bayern Munich, who is now the second left back I've seen linked to the club tonight. Borna Sosa. Like, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, has everyone forgotten that they have Alfonso Davies? I don't understand what's going on here. So yeah, the transfer window will continue to amaze and uh, confuse in equal measures. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to to keep us entertained for a while longer, which is great because we both work for Transfermarkt and this is uh, our daily bread and butter. So, and it's going to lead to some more good content here and uh, as well and on, on our Substack. And um, yeah, again, um, please, you know, when you listen to this podcast and you enjoy what we do, uh, give us a give us a rating for the free podcast. This this show will be free. And uh, you can listen to it ad-free, of course, if you subscribe. Um, important one to add mm. that. But please leave us a review. And also, if you like what we do, um, they, we're going to have tons of great content. And I promise it's not going to be all Bayern Munich. It's just sometimes you can't ignore the elephant in the room. And Bayern Munich uh, put two elephants in the room within 48 hours. And so it's really, really hard to ignore that, and uh, we had to we had to obviously report it. But yeah, um, I think before we wrap this up, Stefan, any final thoughts on what we've gone through this weekend, other than that Bayern owns us a weekend? <laughs> oh, just just that there's no such thing as a day off in the transfer window. That's that's just a small insight into our worlds, unfortunately. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up here. This show is, as always, brought to you by Bet Online. And we'll be back later this week uh, with another podcast for, for, for Substack subscribers. Until then, auf Wiedersehen. Sicht. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.